Hi, this is Better Red Than Dead. It's a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about Pride and Prejudice, which is Jane Austen's 1813 novel about one jerk falling in love with another jerk, and then they turn out to maybe not be jerks. And it's also about parents who hate each other and how you figure out who's yacht rich versus merely second home rich. (laughs) So guys, why Pride and Prejudice? Yeah. um, I mean, I love Austin. Um, At the same time, I find the massive fangirl slash fad boy following of Austin to be slightly bewildering. Um, You know, she's vastly more popular today than than any 18th century British writer, certainly. Um, And maybe uh, than any 19th century British writer, too. Um, You know, the whole Bridget Jones franchise is an homage to Austin and Pride and Prejudice in particular. Uh, Also, the 1995 movie Clueless, uh, tons of film adaptations, miniseries, you name it. Um, You know, and as a specialist in the period, I get why uh, why weirdos like me like her stuff. Um, But she resonates with lots and lots of non-specialists and non-academics in ways that are, uh, frankly, kind of baffling. Um, There's a very uh, prominent Victorianist at um, the University of Chicago who uh, I remember saying that she will ask her class when she's teaching Austin, like, so why do you guys like Pride and Prejudice or Emma so much? And, um, you know, we'll get back answers from undergrads like, because it's all about me. Um, And she's like... Like, really? Like, you know, these elaborate marriage plots in Regency England and, you know, and and power, you know, like uh, gender power structures of of the early 19th century are your life. That's a little bit troubling. (laughs) Um, But uh, but, you know, I I do think Austin is great and and groundbreaking and I kind of do get the fandom, um, but not entirely. So I'm curious what you guys think. Um, And also just, you know, this book has a ton of fodder for a group of jerky socialists like us on class, gender, uh, the nation. And I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I don't get why they're like the version of fifteen year olds with Catcher in the Rye, right? Like, oh, suddenly someone has access to my interiority. Um, that's I I don't I'm not sure I get it, but um, I never read this, and I think that that was just contrarian on my part. Like, I didn't want to be, love it and be a fan. Um, but that's just a knee jerk reaction, and I I don't get I get fanned out about authors, but not very often, so it's fine. Um, but I did really like it, and I am interested in knowing more about the scholarship, um, Marxist and queer and feminist, that has a lot to say about Austen. Um, it's also, I find her reading, excuse me, like her writing is very readable. Um, I was sort of surprised, and her characters are great and well written, and I get it. Um, I don't think that she needed five sisters. In that family, you need three and uh, like narratively speaking. Um, But I think she also is like, let me super overdo it on the like inheritance law issue, right? Like you have to have so many girls that at this point it's embarrassing. Um, Also, I read a lot of it on the train and I'm trying to figure out like the scale of how embarrassing my train reading habits are. Like, was it worse to read Dracula or better? (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i don't know i need your opinions yeah definitely less gothy but um more fangirl maybe it's differently embarrassing (laughs) yeah (laughs) broaden horizons anywhere you can i really object to the fact that you are making any parallels between this and catcher and the fucking rye (laughs) no i'm i'm objecting to the notion that people would say like oh it's me 
Right. I, I think whom amongst us, though, hasn't been annoyed at a dipshit? True. I don't – I mean, don't you think Catcher in the Rye is in part being annoyed by dipshits, though? It's being an annoying dipshit. Yeah. Right. I just – it's like – all I'm complaining about is the sort of, like, immediacy of – um of like reading ex- like perfectly for self representation. I see. I want to see. I find myself everywhere. <laughs> it's me all the way down. It's nothing but me, 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 me. Well, I'm a millennial. I f- I'm everywhere. I feel I'm like- every woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Katie, why did you want to read it or reread it? I wanted to reread it because to paraphrase the opening line, the very famous opening line of this novel, it is a truth universally acknowledged that there is a very fine line between getting a boner and getting very hurt feelings. <laughs> and that's actually like the lesson of this novel for me. And I, I just, I think that's like quite relatable because again, this is a thing that like, I'm doing the thing that ever drives everyone crazy, which is like relating very hard, but who on earth hasn't been like joking around and feeling cool and then like realizing that the person you're joking around with is like super like so mad like they're at a 10 all of a sudden or that like somebody has gotten horny and you haven't realized it you know there's like it's just like a lot of mishaps go on with this yeah and so, and so and it, it does like i want to read because the the um first time i read this it was in this undergrad class where we also read um we also read fucking um uh catcher in the rye and the professor was like i don't get why people like relate to this book like they do um why are we all at a book club all of a sudden and but like everyone could totally ignored her even though she said that outright and just like talked amongst ourselves for 50 minutes a week about like how much we hated like that annoying old bitch <laughs> <laughs> That, the the main thing that I like about Jane Austen, though, truly, and like this is at bottom of it, I would have read any Austen novel, is because Jane Austen was a cunt, yes. and seven eighths of the characters in her novels are there solely to be cunty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they always get shit on, and it rules. <laughs> I mean, yes, I I I love that about this book. And I also just speak to like the the what are like what are the what are kids today. Um, sort of like like about this or like what do they relate to about it it's like all of the characters and we can maybe talk more about this do a lot of like math about who likes who and like who yes. is yeah. who like wants to wants to fuck who and whatever else and like oh it's only gonna work out with me and my boyfriend if like he likes me 62 times as much as I like him and and it's like sort of fun to do that and it's like you you talk with your friends like don't text him back for 24 hours like or else he he's not gonna be into you or like you have to wait three dates before you eat ass you know like <laughs> that like and that i think ties into why we are have this like yes. cultural obsession with coding and like doing algebra and all this because if you do a lot of math mm-hmm. to, to figure, figure out, out if your boyfriend likes you enough mm-hmm. yeah and, and the answer is always no <laughs> even if he likes you twice as much as you like him it's not enough. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I mean, but I, I definitely do think that, like the 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 mean, the, like you know, the like really 
uh, delightful meanness and snarkiness of it. It's like, yeah, I mean, I laughed a lot when I read this book and like, and you know, I think that, yeah, that, that is definitely a big part of it. Um, I mean, and there's something like, um, misanthropic about it that I actually really like, which is weird and of such a frothy, I don't, I don't mean that they're light. I just mean like a frothy marriage plot mm-hmm. on top of what's actually like the simmering resentment. Oh yeah. No, like, I mean, honestly, like one of the, one of the uh, big, like kind of earlier writers um, in the 18th century that I that can really, that I see Austin as having a lot of similarity to is like Jonathan Swift, you know, like very, very, yeah. like very different subject matter, but like, I mean, just that scathing kind of like contempt for the world, but presented at this, like, it like really draws you in kind of, um, you know, snark, uh, is, is just awesome. It's good shit. And that's a super good analogy. Yes, I agree. Um, so Tristan, will you give us our sort of like background on this? I think it'll be really helpful for the non-expert. Yeah, sure. Um, and it, yeah, the, this is, it, it's kind of, uh, ch- I don't know, like anytime I have a student who wants to like do a thesis project on Austin, I'm always like it kind of excited, but like there is just so much for you to wade through. Like I, like I as like the advisor get a little bit intimidated. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I had planned an Austin chapter for my dissertation. Like that didn't happen because it's like, how the fuck do I say something new at this point? I had um, a student write a Faulkner thesis two years ago and i was like oh no like i don't yeah, even know yeah, where yeah. to start um worst case scenario yes. yeah um yeah and you know i mean it, it's just uh, you know austin and, and certainly this novel are just so famous and so important to so many discourses um yeah it, it is hard to know where to start um certainly feminists and feminist scholars are interested for what pride and prejudice has to say about gender and marriage and agency uh people who are invested in the novel as a literary form have really been into Austin forever because they um, very rightly see her as, as a real visionary in the genre. Um, I want to talk, though, about how Austin understands characters in literature, um, because I think it also gives us a window into some broader political and historical concerns around the novel that may be um, just a, a little uh, less visible than some of the, the other uh, themes and aspects of it. Um, so when people talk about the rise of the novel um, in the 18th century or the rise of the English novel, um, one thing they're tracking, um, and, and we did talk about this a bit, uh, just a bit um, in the context of the Scarlet Letter, um, is how the novel is conceived as a narrative technology that portrays the psychology of characters who seem like real humans in the world. Um, so in other words, characters as individuals with spe- specific thought processes um, and complex feelings in response to events and material conditions. Um, this is held uh, up by this account to be different from earlier genres where characters uh, were more like types. Um, so they're surfacy, uh, lacking in psychological depth. Um, you know, for example, if you encounter a knight in shining armor in a romance, um, and you pretty much know as a reader exactly who this guy is, um, what his plot function is, what he symbolizes, um, his thoughts to the extent we see them, um, are always going to be the same in any particular situation. Um, but wait one second. Yeah. If you encounter a knight in a romance, yes. Um, just you personally, would you fuck him? Yeah, well, yeah. Like that's his plot Aren't function. Aren't I supposed right? to? <laughs> okay. Okay. Isn't this I mean, a matter of staying within the narrative? Like what 
yeah. choice do I have? I can't fuck the dragon. Well, that, right. That's what I mean. It's like <laughs> that, 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 that's the thing with types. It's like your role of the romance is to be fucked by the knight and the knight's role is to, is to fuck you. That, that is what, you know, there, there's no, there's no outside of that story. That just right. is, you know, I think that in the romance though, my role would be like to be in like some kind of a town that the dragon lights on fire, like eating potato soup. <laughs> <laughs> just like being like just being like misshapen. I feel like this, this is dying. a middle school play, and and it's just like you have your archetypes, and then you have townspeople yeah. number yeah. eight, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm blob true. number four. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I needed to know. I'm sorry. I mean, I to, but I had to know. You mentioned night. I yeah. I got wildly horny beyond. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. That's as as you were supposed. Again, like there is one function for this right. for this this figure. Um, and that 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 is his, his function. Um, Narratively speaking, his boner leads him in one direction. Yes, yes. Mm. It's it's like it it is a foregone conclusion. Yes. <laughs> it leads him to the band One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, but okay, so like, so why I say that Austin's development of characters um, who are distinct and psychologically rich has political and historical connections um, has to do with anxieties about new economic and class forms um, in the early 19th century and late 18th century. Um, so briefly rehearsing a big argument that a lot of scholars have contributed to uh, in, in pre-capital society, um, there's just a sense that everyone's economic and social function is is sort of immediately legible to all. Um, for one thing, there are just fewer people in the world, um, so you encounter strangers less frequently. Um, and in any case, you know, the blacksmith is the blacksmith. The lord of the manor is the lord of the manor. Uh, the priest is the priest. The, uh, the farmer is the farmer. These roles don't change. They're kind of set, like, in- intrinsically to, like, the social position. Um, well, and this is this thing that Marx talks about in the very first part of Capital, yes, right? Where exactly. he's talking about how it's not, uh, it's not that you have your – it's not what happens later, which is like you have only your labor to sell. It's that who you are in and of yourself. Right. And that exactly. that's, that's a major distinction. Exactly. And and right. It, it, it's just, yeah, like your social function and like the labor you perform are like the same thing. Like, um, and 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 like who like who you read as to as to a person in the world. It's like, you know, there's never like, you know, your dad was a blacksmith. There's like never any question that you're also gonna be a blacksmith and so on and so on. Um, whereas capital like really upends all of that. Right. Um, and, and yeah, so you know, but that that like kind of to the the next where I'm I'm going with this. Um you know, by contrast, when we do have the rise of, of imperial capital, uh, suddenly the world's just a lot more complex. Um, not only does the market bring or, or force together a lot of people who have never met each other um, and who thus have to figure out how to size each other up pretty quickly, suddenly class positions are a lot more permeable. Um, and I think you see that anxiety a lot in Pride and Prejudice, uh, which family social position and wealth is the oldest, um, which have very uh, suspectly made their money in trade. Um, you know, th- these are these are like important questions in that novel. Um, so as Austin is working through this new way of exploring personal motivation and how we interpret or understand other people, those questions are also really important in the sociopolitical world. Um, who do you you know, credit, um, definitely in scare quotes, or extend credit to? Um, who can you trust? Uh, can you predict how someone else you don't really know or have never met might act in some sort of economic transaction? Um, and a lot of critics understand Austin's innovations in the novel as as engaging exactly with those sort of broader economic and political questions. And is this for you part of like, Katie, sometimes you talk about like the math or the weird calculus in this book with respect to like, 
oh, he has $10,000 a year and he has $5,000 a year and she has a thousand from her mother or whatever. And so it's like they have to give figures. Like it has to be exact in a particular kind of way. Totally. Yeah. So like a guy – yeah. So a guy with 10000 a year has a certain range of choices and then he does a certain range. He From there, there's a certain range of probable ones among them that he will that he will do. And they're mostly related to like who he wants to fuck. Right. Um, but it's it's like this – it is like the, the math is like – it's practical it's economic it's like that that's what it that's what it's about sort of thing yeah and i think too that it like one thing that it that 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 is is working to critique is like this is also the era in which uh like the concept of romantic marriage is as opposed to like marriage as economic transaction is is arising and it is rising with um the the emergence of the bourgeoisie um but yeah i think what austin i mean like what she is showing us is like this you know like what a romantic marriage looks like you know a marriage between a marriage that is based on some concept of love or, or uh you know attraction um and she's saying like yeah but like the economic calculus is still there even like maybe it's there in the presence of like oh who makes the most in a year maybe it's there like okay who has like x y and z characteristics that like i find attractive um so yeah like i think that that yeah that there's a way in which she's like say like wait wait a minute like an economic logic is still applying to this new thing that's pretending to be something else well she doesn't at like i'm not saying at all that she dismisses romantic attachment she doesn't but like it can fuck you up really bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. And totally. that is something that's in here too, right? Like that it's that following that impulse, like following your your boner toward Wickham is probably like not a great plan. I mean, it doesn't help that that character's a fucking stone dummy, but like <laughs> you, it's not just about a romantic attachment, like that there is a way of behaving smart about the person you marry. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yes. But I think it's also like it's I think it's less about like um so it's not like don't follow your boner. It's like don't admit you have a boner and let everybody else point out the bulge right. and then like let your weird aunt tell you that like about the boner that you have and some right. a dude has and right. then like that all like sort of fit, yeah, get but, you into the spot you want to be in. Yeah, and then I, I don't know, like to, if get all like you know uh, rid, rigidly Marxist about this, but like, <laughs> but like no, that like that is too. I mean, that also is an economic transaction when you go into like some sort of negotiation. You're not supposed to just like lay it like th- like this is exactly how much I have it. This is exactly how much I'm going to offer. Right. Um, so like yeah, like what what do you withhold? Like how do you withhold? information about your boner uh to your advantage right like that yeah um art of the deal <laughs> exactly it's it's the art of the deal that's right well she the art of the deal. clearly like especially the character in this book chafes at what we all know again this is like why am, i'm like being very dorky about this today but angles talks about like marriage is a property arrangement mm-hmm. right and so austin is clearly mad about that oh yeah no, she is. But like she, when you buy, that's why people change. Some people change their names when they get married, is because that's a transfer of property from your father yeah. to your husband. Yes. Um, no. And yeah, she is mad about that. I think though she's also mad about claims or ideas that this new form really uh, is like some kind of uh, you know radical improvement on that as well. Right. right? Like right. yeah. 
or that um, that's gone in the face of the the coemergence of capital and romantic love. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's still I mean, it's also like so there's two things so it's like is marriage is a property arrangement this i mean this maybe goes without saying in what you're saying but it's a gendered property arrangement and so like yeah so i mean that's like that's implicit but like i think it's worth saying that for austin that's well that's why you have five daughters yeah right they get yeah they (laughs) you have five daughters right because like they kept waiting to have a son because if they don't have a son then the estate is going to pass out because they're the estate uh the bennett estate can't be inherited by a by the female line it has to go to the male line well and how are you going to get all these jerks married off like you have to, okay so cool you can marry off the pretty one that's yeah. fine but then you have to marry off the smart one that's not guaranteed then you have to marry off whoever the fuck mary bennett even is what is she yeah, doing yeah. in this book you have to yeah. marry off kitty who i'm like confused yeah, about yeah. and then you have to marry off the queen dumb dummy dumbhead who's yeah. like 15 years old yeah. and it's just like i have to go flirt with people yeah lydia um yeah i i what because i don't uh because mary is such sort of like a non-presence presence in the book i don't know that we'll really talk about her otherwise but i just want to say like yeah she's the middle daughter and she basically exists to like drop these like these like just moral pablums that everyone including the narrator just doesn't pay attention to like people will be they'll be sitting down someone will be playing the piano and mary will offer something like it is pleasant to be good at things <laughs> and then like, and they're like and, go to your room Mary <laughs> well, they, they don't even do that they just like pretend that she hasn't said anything you know? <laughs> she just like, off to her room of her yeah. own accord <laughs> including the narrator who's just like okay all right I mean yeah the narrator will like give her a line and then not in any way acknowledge like her presence oh, in the novel the um, best one is there's like really intense situation that we'll talk about. I mean, I guess like, you know, Tristan, you've got to tell us what the fuck happens in this novel. But there's like a very intense, like high emotion, high drama situation that the whole Bennett family is talking about or like the the main the main one, the one we like mm-hmm. is talking about with her dipshit sister, Mary. <laughs> and and Mary's like contribution to the conversation is like it is it is. Surely to be known that once a woman renounce her virtue, it shall never be recovered. (laughs) Yeah, 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 right. Just say the most absolute obvious like implication of something that's happened, but dressed up in like that that she's read some like volume of sermons from like the 1750s or something, right? Like. It is truly like there are so many like if we talk about a character I do like she is like the dumbass person who like when you're like immediately after you've gotten into a car accident is like it is important to be prudent in all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And like yeah. But, yeah. The dumb, <laughs> but the dumb sister for sure if she were like in modern day would be doing racist YouTube videos like Lydia and not really Kitty. knowing how racist Yes, Kitty. Yeah. Okay, because Lydia would be like oh, yeah. taking oh, no, shots Lydia. and throwing herself no, into a pool. I actually think Kitty would be the racist YouTuber because yes. L- Lydia yeah, would have sure. this, oh, no, Lydia would be like the popular girl in high yeah. school, right? Kitty would be like the deeply resentful one who like just like falls into this right wing pit on the internet, right? Like <laughs> <Lydia> <laughs> dragging her around as her wingman, just being like, "Help yeah. me get this guy." Yeah. And she's like, um, "I'm supposed to be chipper about this, but yeah, this is really a nightmare." Exactly. Oh, should I do the plot summary just so we could try to keep some of these names like together? You can do the plot oh. summary all you want, but I'm not going to learn the names. I know. 
<laughs> you should do the plot summary, so, but I do want to sort of like you you and I talked about this, but like this is almost certainly the hardest summary of all the sh- of all the books we've done so far because it has yeah. so oh, many no, characters. But- no, totally. And I didn't really realize this until I tried to write it up succinctly. <laughs> so, uh, so I will, I will do my best. Um, and I have omitted certain characters who I just, I, it, it was too much. Um, but okay. Uh, <laughs> the novel centers around the, the romances of the Bennett family, um, who are country gentry in Hertfordshire, uh, which is not far from London. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett hate each other, as Megan alluded to, which Austin thinks is hilarious. Um, Mrs. Bennett really wants to marry off all five of her daughters ASAP, um, in part because, again, they won't be able to inherit the family estate um, because they're not dudes, um, and it is entailed, as it's called. Um, Elizabeth uh, Bennett and uh, and the very rich uh, Fitzwilliam Darcy meet each other at a ball and hate each other uh, instantly. Um, Elizabeth... uh, but the smartest by far of her five sisters. I like a uh, lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's not even close. Um, thinks Darcy is a stuck up chode, which is fair. Uh, Darcy is like, OMG, why are all your relatives so dumb? Also fair, I think. Uh, plus, I'm very fancy and you're not fancy enough. Okay, that last part's kind of gross. Um, but uh, Darcy's also somewhat rich friend, Charles Bingley, who is hot and sort of nice, but likely doesn't have a functioning brain, I think, um, is in love with Elizabeth's hot and infuriatingly Pollyannish sister Jane, who basically thinks everyone is like operating under the best intentions all the time. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> no, Jane acts like she just came back from an ayahuasca retreat. She's <laughs> on Molly. Yeah. She like, you know, everyone is okay. She's doing a lot of meditating. She's really, you know, yeah. she's she's very present. Yep, exactly. It's all happening So far in North um, Order, we have... Jane, who's the pretty nice one, and then Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who is the smart one. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Um, also pretty. And it's not always as like pretty played by a brunette because that's how those things yeah. go. Yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she, she's also pretty, not as pretty as Jane, but she's like she's like the brains of the family. Right. Um, and it's not like it, she's gross. It's just like she's yeah. brunette gross. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, she's pretty in a brown hair. Sort of <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um. Okay, so so uh, the fact that Bingley is uh, hot for Jane really irks Darcy because he thinks that his dumb friend is also too fancy for the Bennets, and because he thinks, or so he says, Jane isn't actually that into Bingley. Um, so Darcy runs interference and convinces Charles to go hang out in London. Uh, also, uh, th- this is already getting complicated. There's a soldier in town, George Wickham, who is hot and very, very horny, um, basically flirts with everyone. And at one point he tells Elizabeth um, that Darcy totally fucked him over with regard to this clergy job that the Darcy's have control over. Um, Elizabeth, who at this point still hates Darcy, is is very mad about this. Uh, then a bunch of other shit happens and suddenly, holy crap, Darcy actually loves Elizabeth. Um, he pro- proposes and she's like, fuck off, Chud. Um, I know how you screwed over both my sister and Wickham. Uh, Darcy writes her this long letter where he explains that Wickham is actually shit uh, and tried to run off with Darcy's sister. And that Darcy only broke up Charles and Jane because he thought Jane wasn't uh, wasn't that into him. Um, Elizabeth starts at this point to think maybe she's misjudged Darcy and also that maybe she might be a low key into him. Um, then more shit happens. Darcy and Elizabeth uh, meet unexpectedly at Darcy's estate, Pemberley. Um, and Elizabeth thinks anyone whose house is that tasteful <laughs> must be a very good person, which like, duh, right? I mean, like, yeah. you don't you don't have a nice looking flower garden if you're not just intrinsically good. Right. Um, if you go to Pottery Barn, you are a good person. Totally. Exactly. Also, as we have learned that like, um, tough appeal, like tough broads 
are tall, um, guys who are who are like actually good at heart are also tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's this is, right. This is like, yep. Let's just remember the qualities of tall people. Yes, totally. Um, so where the fuck are? We? Okay, right. So, so meanwhile, <laughs> sorry, Wickham, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I just, I yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Wickham. So okay, so so Elizabeth and Darcy are both into each other at this point and elizabeth is like oh he he has is tasteful and is therefore good um meanwhile wickham runs off with elizabeth's youngest sister lydia the total dope um darcy briefly uh unbeknownst to uh, elizabeth although she finds us out later um tracks them down and gives wickham a whole bunch of money to marry lydia thus saving her credit uh or honor um which are different things that we can talk about but um you see uh, darcy then gets charles and jane back together he proposes to elizabeth and she's down for it now everyone lives happily ever after and is generally even richer than they were at the start um also, I forgot to mention there's this dickwad ass kiss of a cousin, Mr. Collins, who will inherit the Bennett estate and briefly tries to marry Elizabeth, who knows he's a dickwad, as is her father. The end. Cool. That was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that, very nicely done. I wish I had a good platitude about how good yeah. it is to summarize. <laughs> that was very compact. Okay, so today we are going to talk about the relationship between the aristocracy and the bourgeoisie and the category of landed gentry. And we're going to talk about the Bennett parents. Um, We're going to talk about numbers and money and math and calculations. And then we are going to get to the bottom of who sucks the most in this novel, because there are a lot of people who suck. Who sucks the most is what I I need to know. And I want to know, like, by category, which one of the dudes do you think sucks the most? Which one of the ladies do you think sucks the most? Which one of the sisters do you think sucks the most? Which one of the old people do you think sucks the most? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That. But I'm I'm actually like in terms of the 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 women in the book I'm kind of working on like that Kitty sucks the most because I th- I think she's a Nazi troll on YouTube. I think she might. Have you seen her new channel? She has a first channel and it seems like it's all fine, but her second channel is like really fucked up. Okay, all right. She, has she gone through all the like? Is she one of those people who's gone through all the makeup tutorials by now? And you're like, wow, you really have gorgeous eyebrows and disgusting po- uh, points of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we're there. <laughs> I mean, I she sucks, but there are like two lines from two different characters, like when um, Lady Catherine de Borg says, "Do you know who I am?" Um, yes, which yes. we have to talk about. We have to talk about this bitch. And then my other favorite moment, where I was like, "I'm gonna punch this person," is when. Lydia and Wickham are going to – because he has this post and they're going to leave. And she's like, oh, I won't see you for a couple of years. And they're like, oh, we'll write. And she's like, well, you could write because I have other married shit to do. <laughs> like married ladies don't have any time. Yeah. And I'm like, you are 16, you dumb asshole. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone full-ass bananas. She's behaving as if like she got her hands on some Four loco yeah. and she drank it all in the woods. And she's just like – she has gone – She's girls gone wild. Girls gone wild. <laughs> she's also like she's very again. She's like just this is a lot of like horniness that like even though she's marrying this guy, I'm like you still have a lot of like horniness without directed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she's still got to be just like af- a- atmospherically horny or something. Mm-hmm. Just I- I- ambient horniness. Um, 
Okay, so let's talk about like who's yacht rich and who's second house rich and who's like um Canada goose down coat rich and like why those categories matter. Right. It's it's all me. <laughs> I have a collection of geese that I pluck for all of my jacket needs. Of course. Right. I have my large yacht that i float on top of my collection of small yachts which yeah. is not what you'd expect <laughs> yeah 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 that's how i do it <laughs> i have my first and second home and then i actually live though in a tiny house oh uh, yeah because i'm eco-friendly i see <laughs> the tiny house which is like the uh the um the most advanced form of problem capital even though it's tiny it's like it's like an explosive version of like look how tiny my house is and how awesome i am because of it Uh, (laughs) okay tiny just i've given up everything (laughs) just i give everything i've i've given my life for my tiny house yeah It's the smallest house you've ever seen in your life. It's like people and their tiny dog. Tiny house, <laughs> tiny dog. It's true. You, so, okay. So the fanciest people are Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Yeah. Who is Darcy's yeah. aunt? Yes, Darcy's aunt, right. And yeah, so I like, okay. So for one thing, I want to plant a big red banner in the middle of this novel. Because uh, a, lot, a, lot a lot of liberal readers uh, rather than marxist readers will tell you that like oh like this is before class class is a form of oh, like please. industrial capital and it's just like no stop shut just shut the fuck up <laughs> like uh no, I mean, like, pre-industrial by the way it, but it, also no like- it's not even pre-industrial and it's like the like the bourgeoisie uh is absolutely emerging as a form as is the proletariat here and also like the the, the history of humanity is class struggle i'm sorry <laughs> but but like uh but, I think but we're all on board with that yeah, no, I know. I that's 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 why we're that's why we all came together. My God, things to do to do this show. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think that one thing to understand is like, um, and I don't like generally. I think modern readers, period, aren't that attuned to this, but also particularly Americans because we've never had like an aristocracy in the European sense. Um, so there is a big distinction between the aristocracy and the bourgeoisie. Um, the aristocracy, who would be like Darcy's aunt, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, um, basically that you become an aristocrat because you. Are given by the king or queen a title. Your family is given a title at some point. So you know your your great 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 grandfather four hundred years ago was a drinking buddy of like uh, you know Richard the Third, and he would console the king about you know the fact that the king's parents and grandparents were the same two people. Like no sire, that's totally normal. Like it's fine. And so it's like great. So you become the du- the duke of of whatever the fuck. Um, and and then so are all of your children. And so your 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 social position is bound up in that title, and and your wealth is a factor of that title. Um, the bourgeoisie, um, which is really, you know, with the rise of empire kind of emerging onto the scene, um, they are they have made their money in trade, right? Like, so they don't have this fancy, like, kind of like royalist origin. Instead, uh, you know, they make their money in like extremely awful things like the slave trade or or like the, sh- you know, the things adjacent to that. Um, and then uh, in, in the Austin's world, they take all of that wealth and they buy like a retirement home in the countryside so they can cosplay Downton Abbey. Um, and, but they're and, also like, fucking industrialists. Who are these yes. people who are like, oh, this is before industrial cap? Like, no, that's no, I know. what a bunch of these the, people are. 
Well, it's also industrialization and capital are, I mean, they're related, but they're also not the same thing yeah, like at all. Like, fi- yeah, yeah, like yeah. Finan- finance capital precedes industrial capital. And it's, that's actually a really important thing as like anyone who has studied like the slave trade will tell you. Good point. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely right. All about the fine, uh, all about the finance capital. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, you're right. That like within, within this novel, like everyone, like who has X amount of money a year, who is an aristocrat? And actually, like the aristocrat, like Lady Catherine, the, the one aristocrat in the novel, the novel absolutely hates. Like, I mean, it's oh, clear yeah. Austin thinks that, yeah. that that class position is worthy of nothing but contempt, that they're just like, fucking parasites on society um but so a lot of it is more like okay country gentry who like they don't have a title they've just had this land and made money because of the land for a long time versus like sort of new money like uh bourgeois people um and like yeah it's super into like knowing exactly how much someone makes in a year that there's like this stratification around that here is how you can remember it tulip the aristocracy tulip yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a flower. It's a beautiful flower. That's all. That's how you remember it. You remember it by aristocracy. They fuck their siblings. Right. The bourgeoisie fuck their cousins. Yep. It's whether it's sister fucking or cousin Cousin fucking. fucking. It's a very important distinction because you get very different results from that. Yes. Well, it's how Hopsburgy do you look at the end. Yes, right, exactly. Like, do your, does is your are you actually able to chew food? Right, <laughs> because yeah, like, uh, which a lo- lot of hats Habsburgs actually no <laughs> zoinks blender blender full of meatloaf. Yeah, how fancy. So where's so Darcy is the is the uh, nephew of this aristocrat. He yes. doesn't have a job like a disgusting peasant. Right. Um, right. So who's that dude? Well, so he, yeah, he is like, I mean, I guess he w- is sort of like somewhat different than the bourgeoisie and one that he is like, he's related to the aristocracy. It's just like the title is not passing through his particular line, but he, it, it, it seems to be the case that he is like kind of longstanding country gentry. Um, so like rich, but not noble. Um, and, and so like, he's just, he's had this, like ma- his family's had this massive estate for the longest time and all of their income is like generated by that. Whereas like his friend, Charles Bingley is more like, that he he seems to be like a, a new arrival on this scene. Like his, I, I think his father, like you know, in, in trade, like made a ton of money, and suddenly now he's fancy because of that. Um, but it's interesting. Like Darcy and Bingley are like, you know, that they are that they can be like friends. Right. Um, you know, and so like, like Bingley is not participating in trade. Like he's far enough removed from it that it's like okay. But then there are other characters. Like I think it's the the gardeners, right? Who are um, I think uh, who the fuck are the gardeners? They're they're Mrs. Bennett's uh, brother, right? Right, and his wife. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Like uh, the like everyone, not everyone, but like the like the 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 the, arist- the aristocracy is like contemptuous of him because like oh he lives within sight of his warehouses. So like even though he's like really rich, right. um, he's like still like he's not been able to successfully like hide like uh just by virtue of like how long it's been around like where his money's coming from and he's like still making it like in some sense and that's like that's bad and that's fancier than collins who's the cousin who's going to inherit their shit which they're mad about who's Mm -hmm. a lawyer like he actually has a job well no collins is a is a is a rector he's a he's a pre a country oh who's the fucking lawyer you can't say rector (laughs) right we're a yeah (laughs) <laughs> but isn't a priest a job too? Yeah. 
So yeah, it, the yeah. argument stands. No, 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 you're right. It's uh, but I, I was because like oh, it's Mr. Phillips. There's, yeah, is he you're the right. Or the other, the other, the who is who is yet another sibling Brother. of Mrs. Bennett. Yes, yeah. I've never heard of Mr. Phillips in my life. We don't need to talk about it. Or it's and her I sister's just husband. Read it. Right? Oh, it, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Oof. I have Who knows? But what's his nuts? Who's his Mr. Mr. Weenie wants to be a lawyer and can't do it. Colin? Mr. Wickham. Mr. Oh, Wickham. Yeah. That's right. Yes, Wickham wanted to be a lawyer, but he he's too much of a isn't it? He's too much of a fuck off to be a lawyer. Yeah, he's a cad so, and a ne'er do well. Yeah. He it, it, he's a he's a man about he's a he's a man about town. Oh, and then and then he th- then he wants to, to be a priest. But yes. Darcy's like, no, because like you tried to run off my, with my sister. I'm not going to let you be like this priest that we have control over who's the priest. Right. There are a lot of like, don't touch my sister. There's a lot <laughs> of don't touch my sister. <laughs> <laughs> also, hey, 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 you know how you know how Darcy Darcy's friend is really good friend is Bingley. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, he had a friend before before Bingley and uh you know, you know, most people are still friends with him. Wicca? Not Bingley. His his name was Googly. <laughs> cut, cut, oh, that cut that out. Cut uh, that out. Cut that out. Delete it. I had to. I'm sorry. His name is fucking Bingley. That was no, the best I could do. He is, he is so, like, I don't know. Like, the not, yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, I, I, I like that. I'm just I, imagining I actually, somebody named Googly. That's like, Googly, I'm still no. there. Well, it would fit for it's this. Podcast. It would fit for this this dipshit too, though, right? Because like the novels, like, I don't know, like the novels, like he's hot and he's like nice and like yeah, you're supposed to be into him. But like the novel is rolling its eyes about that. It's like this dude is like the biggest, just fucking like wet black. I mean, just like absolute, like you know, like like pretty, but completely without any sort of identifiable personality or interests or like you know. He, he, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure he will be into golf at some point he's in his a, life. He's a bachelorette. He's a bachelorette yeah. guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He is a pretty boy. I mean, he's also just like has seems to have only the vaguest access to his own interiority and emotions. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like he, he really likes Jane, the sister. But then he, but he. Okay, his like defining characteristic is that he lets Darcy talk him into or out of anything. Right. Yes. His other yes. defining like characteristic is that his sister is a righteous cunt. Yes. Does he have two cunty yes, sisters. He does. Or is it just one that I made into two because it's so cunty? He he does. <laughs> I think it's well, two. <laughs> well, the one, the, yeah, it's the the one. Ta- the uh, uh, Miss Bingley talks the most because she really has it out for both for Elizabeth and sort of for Jane, who she's kind of friends with. Uh, Mrs. Hurst, who's his other sister, she also seems like an asshole. But like her, it's just like her husband is this idiot who just like his. The only thing he wants to do is gamble all the like, like his only interest, and like right. and she kind of is basically on his intellectual level. So like they, she's just yeah, she she's just she's like this other asshole idiot who's not that present in the narrative. Okay, so the Bennets are uh, they have a house and that's it. Is that like what their cat what their category is? Yeah, they they uh wait, d- does the novel tell us where their money came from? I think Mrs. Bennett is sort of like her her dad was involved in some profession. Like he was professional class. Okay. Is that right? And but Mr. 
Mr. Bennett is like kind of also sort of he's like he's he's country gentry like Darcy, but like less fancy. Like it's he, that's yeah. right. Because at one point, Elizabeth says like, well, my dad is a ge- is a gentleman. So yes. Like we're, right. We're and, even, but then and then, and then and Darcy and uh, or I think. It, yeah. Um, yeah. La- that lady, Catherine, uh, is like, no. Yeah. But your your mom is like, you know, her, her family like worked for a living like, you know, that's and that's bad. And that's the broad category is the country gentry, because you can be like really rich or like yes. you have a house, which is fine, but it's not like, yeah, tons of money. Yeah. Right. And and I think I think like a useful way to understand like what gentleman means is essentially like, do you actually have to like work for income in any way? Like, you know, if you're a lawyer, I mean, it's not really a gentleman unless you get to the point where you can buy yourself a nice like estate. Um, but like, it, you know, if you, if you can just like live off the rent and income produced by an estate, then you are a gentleman, um, which is different from being a nobleman, because that means that you have a title, a hereditary title that's been granted by the crown. But this is too early, far too early for the like, the stuff that happens in the early 20th century, the sort of Edwardian moment where they just you can buy a title. Well, uh, actually, this, this is the moment when that's starting. The the eighteenth okay. century, the 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 peerage, who are the you know the lords um, in 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 Britain, uh, really exploded over the course of the eighteenth century. I think there are something like two hundred members of the House of Lords in seventeen hundred, and there's like. I don't remember this exact figure, but it's like approaching a thousand by the end of the century oh. because the Georges, George uh, one, two, and three, they just they gave a lot of titles to rich people. So, th- so that's another thing that sort of happened. It's like the bourgeoisification of the aristocracy, mm. um, which is also like for like con- like conservatives and reactionaries of the era. Like that is also like sort of problematic. This is a digression, a very short one. All I'm thinking about is the scene in Vanderpump Rules where this notable swollen-headed dipshit (laughs) named Jax Taylor says, you're not the number one guy in this group. I'm the number one guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel that, like, that is Wickham's energy. Mm -hmm. He thinks – he's like, Darcy's not the number one guy in this group. I'm the number one guy in this group, but right. I'm like too pussy to like be at a party with him. Right. Also, right. his like I could have been a lawyer vibe is not my favorite thing. No. I I got into law school. Yeah. I mean, I took the LSATs. <laughs> I mean, I thought about it. But Collins is such a drip. Yeah, Collins. Uh, yeah, and Collins. And also so when I- he sends that letter, that's like. Oh, it just sucks so hard that Lydia married this person, and now all the rest of you can never get married. Yeah, right. Like, Col- yeah, like Col- So I, I, well, we should like, I guess, set up a little bit more who Collins is. So he, so he's the cousin who will inherit the Bennetts estate because he's the next male in line. He's this, he's this country reverend um, who is just like a huge ass kiss to Lady Catherine, who he sees as his patron. Um, and and yeah, like he, there are all these moments. Yeah, like when when Lydia runs off with Wickham, right? Like yeah that he 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 says this letter that basically like well as a christian you should forgive her but obviously you can never be seen with her again um and, and well and he yeah he proposes to elizabeth early in the novel like hey like if you marry me like that you can still have this estate and she's like no, that's gross um 
And that that is like what I the the, the great the greatest line it's funniest bug. of of the novel. Um, so Elizabeth's mom is uh, super into like oh yes, obviously Mary uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Collins because her own like the, like it doesn't matter who a daughter marries just as long as they get married. That's her only right. early thing. Um, and also she wants the estate to stay with the daughters. But but so she's but like you oh, could marry this- like a wet shoe and she would be happy. She would be fine with it exactly. Like but even Mary can't pull a wet shoe. Sorry. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, Mary. wait, wait, Mary. Okay, right. I remember now who Mary is again. Um, Saying hard to keep but, track of her, <laughs> but but so anyway, so Elizabeth's like, no, fuck, no, I'm not married to her, and her mom throws a shit, feel like I'll never talk to you again. And then her dad, and this is why I have to love her dad, even though he is kind of an asshole. Uh, he says, an unhappy alternative is before you, Elizabeth. From this day, you must be a stranger to one of your parents. Your mother will never see you again if you do not marry Mr. Collins, and I will never see you again if you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, because, okay, so, so just to like, just to like really, like, let's like really give a good notion of what a detestable asshole Collins is. The actual proposal scene is amazing. um, Yes. Because he, he thinks that he, uh, you know, like super duper understands something about women here. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's good as hell. Okay. So like this is so, so, um, he, he's proposing to her. Right. And he says, um, the way he does it is he says like, well, the fact is, I'm to inherit this estate after the death of your honored father, who, however, may live many years longer. <laughs> I could not satisfy myself without resolving to choose a wife from among his daughters, so that the loss to them may be as little as possible when the melancholy event takes place, which, however, I have already said, may not be for several years. <laughs> and then, so then he goes on, and Elizabeth is like, fucking stop, uh, she says, you're too hasty, sir. You forget that I have made no answer. Let me do it with no farther loss of time. And she's like, fucking no. And then Colin says, like, oh, I get this. He's like, I'm very worldly. I am not now to learn, replied Mr. Collins with a formal wave of the hand, that it is usual with young ladies to reject the addresses of the man whom they secretly mean to accept when he first applies for their favor. And that sometimes the refusal is repeated a second or even a third time. I am therefore by no means discouraged by what you have just said and shall hope to lead you to the altar ere long. And then Elizabeth is no! like, no, yeah, no, fucking totally. no, 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 no. And then he still won't fucking stop. Um, and he keeps saying, like, listen, I know what women are like. I get it. I know this is like a weird little game you're playing. But it goes on for like three oh, yeah. pages. Yeah. yeah. And then finally... Finally, when he when she says, I know not how to express my refusal in such a way as may convince you of its being one. Right. Finally, then he goes, he's like, well, you are poor. And so this is likely to um, your only marriage proposal, right? Yeah. And yes. So like he's like, well, there's no way that you're saying no to me. So. I'm going to assume that you're 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 adhering to the usual practice of elegant females. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a, it's a, it's a four page monstrosity. Yeah, no, I mean it's like to, it's some fucking like total no means yes shit. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> but this is also yeah, it, the thing that we were talking about with the like 
gender, property, marriage, and like all those things being bound together, right? Because like she is – it's not just that he expects her to say yes, but I think a lot – like her mom does. I think uh, her sisters do except for Jane because like yeah. this is a part of like maintaining this inheritance. Right. Yeah. Somebody has to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, except right. it turns out to be the sort of dumpy girl next door. No. Yeah. Who's like 27. So a oh, old, old hag. Yeah. Well, right. And like, so I, so her, like, Mrs. Bennett is like the one by far who's most fixated on like, we've got to make sure that like, essentially that you, that, that you marry to economic advantage. Um, and I will say that like, I mean, like, the novel treats Mrs. Bennett as a completely contemptible character. I don't think there's any way to read her other than, but I do think there is a slightly like sympathetic or maybe charitable reading that you can take, which is that like, the economic logic that she's operating by is not wrong in that her daughters really are like deeply disadvantaged by the system. I mean, there are economic realities that as women, they are just like subject to that. Like, you know, so like the, the logic makes sense, but it's just so fucking oppressive that it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, so I think the novel wants to gesture to like the, the, the economic problem and the, the economic sort of disenfranchisement while also being like, but you know, rectifying that by marrying this disgusting just like piece of shit is not you know that that that, that doesn't actually right that that is not a desirable outcome either. you don't have to marry this drip like and also yes. she's what 20 or something like it's not yeah yeah she's not over the hill right well the thing also like so just to kind of set up like what so, so to set up why the, or how the novel describes and like shits on her her husband like can't stand to listen to her yeah. <laughs> is like is like shitting on her directly to her face but she doesn't pick up on any of it ever for any reason and like um everyone fucking hates her yeah like socially everyone is like trying to get her to people are like fake yawning to get her to leave parties yeah. and shit like that because she's always like trying to scheme yeah so she is like the absolute fucking worst for sure but yeah there is like there's a sense in which like the reason why she's the worst is really like and the reason why she's in this novel as like the worst is really complicated because at the end of the novel they say basically like well um, you know, Elizabeth's dad was just like really horny for her. Yeah. Because she was young and hot. And so he didn't like marry smart in this other sort of a way. And they weren't like careful because they thought for sure they'd have a boy. Right. So they didn't like plan. And then they wound up miserable and like in this really precarious situation because like they sort of knew they went into it with open eyes, but yet they didn't like they didn't play it do any of the moves right yeah and right and, and so like I, so i think yeah like i think that like the the surface presentation of the two parents is that like you know what it's just like yeah like mrs bennett is a figure of contempt we all hate her uh mr bennett is like we kind of like him because for one thing he shares like austin and elizabeth's kind of satiric voice like he's aware of how stupid all this shit is does kind of wants to just be in his library and not like not engage with it um and he you know he likes elizabeth and we like elizabeth so we're like oh he's a good guy but then the novel also is like yeah but he's also kind of a jackass who never really could bother himself to like be like oh my daughters aren't going to be able to inherit this maybe i should fucking think about this um there's this one moment he in, doesn't in, also in, seem to like any of his other kids for what it's worth 
no, oh no, it's it's only Elizabeth. It, like he thinks Jane's like, oh, okay, Jane's fine. She yeah. doesn't really bother me. And and How Elizabeth, could you be bothered like, by like, Jane? Like she's not a bothersome, you know. No, it's. I mean, I would be bothered by her in the sense that, like, anytime you were like, "Oh, this person's kind of an asshole." Oh no, I'm sure that they meant well. Like that's that. You <laughs> that's <know>. awful. <laughs> that's the worst type of person. Yeah. It's the literal worst type of person. But generally, yeah, she's just kind of nice. Like Bingley, she's also just sort of like a wet blanket. But but so there, there's this one moment in in, in volume three, um, chapter eight, where we do kind of see like, oh yeah, maybe Mister Bennett kind of sucks too. Um, and th- I think this gets to some of the stuff you were alluding to, Katie. Um, so uh, this is the very beginning of the, that chapter. Mr. Bennett had very often wished before this period of his life that instead of spending his whole income, he had laid an, by an annual sum for the better provision of his children and of his wife if she survived him. He now wished it more than ever. Had he done his duty in that respect, Lydia need not have been indebted to her uncle for whatever honor or credit could now be purchased for her. The satisfaction of prevailing on one of the most worthless young men in Great Britain to be her husband might then have rested in its proper place. Um, and that, of course, is referring to the Lydia Wickham elopement um, where he, you know, the, they, they think that it's uh, one of the uncles who has stepped in to, to basically make him make Wickham marrier. But yeah, I mean, like it, it, you're like as a reader. Oh, shit, that's right. Like, I mean, yeah. he's this rich dude who has had economic economic means and could have maybe done something at some point so that the the fact that the state's in, uh, entailed doesn't just fuck over his daughters but he just didn't you know so like so mrs bennett like we're like oh god she's such a fucking like just uh, like uh, insufferable but then the dad who we like we're like oh right but he has like done nothing that he could have ever done to like fix this you know can we go back to something because i don't remember if um, so Tristan, you may have said this already, but this is like sort of important mm-hmm. that, um, so the, so like Wickham is like, um, a tr- he's got himself in a whole mess of trouble. Mm-hmm. He's like convinced everyone he's a real cool dude. And, but actually he's like a ton of debt and everyone fucking hates him right. secretly. And he like m- tries to, he takes the youngest youngest dumbest daughter right. mm-hmm. and is like i'm gonna take you to scotland but secretly i guess they go on like a fuck tour right yeah and yeah. then yeah. everyone is like looking for them yeah. so and and like the way that the the way that i like when i started reading this chapter i was like oh this is like if masterpiece theater did an adaptation of taken right like, yeah, this yeah. Is like yeah. it's like very fancy but like yeah so to get her back Basically, like someone, like as you said, has to give Wickham an ass load of money yeah, so right. he can pay off all the debts. And everyone thinks it's the uncle, but it turns out who is it? But tall, big dick Darcy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Darcy. Darcy comes in and waves his giant money all over the place. Right, like <laughs> he, does, he, does, he makes it rain yeah. all over. Lydia. Well, and yeah. he does actually sort of like <laughs> this is not a well thought out idea but it's like he does get to be the sort of like patriarchal winner in the sense that it's like he helps hook up uh jane and bingley and then he sort of saves lydia from this ruin of her credit right yeah yeah so he gets to be everybody's husband yeah totally um yeah right i mean he he yeah like he he's the uh well, no, actually, that's a better way of putting it than I than what I was thinking of. Um, but but yeah, like I mean, he does he does just like suddenly kind of step in in the third volume from even like in the second volume where we're starting to be a little bit more like oh maybe Elizabeth has misread him to suddenly in the third it's like oh no like this is actually the hero of the whole book. He's the right? nicest like, guy that ever came. Also, like he he instantly switches from being like a total poop 
to Elizabeth to being like the nicest person you can imagine. Exactly. Well, because – and he explains this though, which is like the funniest thing. He does, yeah. Because he's like – she's like, no, I'm not going to fucking marry you. Because you don't act like me, and and I and I wasn't gonna marry you anyway. But maybe I wouldn't have told you so meanly if you would have acted like a gentleman once in your goddamn right. life. Right, and he's like, I took that so much to heart that I'm a nice guy now. Right. Yes. Right. But apparently, he was always a nice guy to like his his like his servants. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. That's yeah. like the big thing. And he's like, he's crotchety. He's not like he's not like. I mean, I'm sure he is because of the time but he's not like he's not like racist he's definitely racist but he's not one of those characters in the sun also rises where you're like don't fuck any of these people like these are revolting yeah. broken monsters no he's not no he's not he's not the worst i mean i would i would certainly fuck it before before bingley who just uh. it's like okay Okay, no, he's, he he looks nice, but Jesus Christ, it's not like the guy could not string together. I'm sure this character could not string together a sentence, which th- he has like three sentences in the novel, you know? It's like, yeah. please no. to meet you, Jane, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bingley marries Jane, and they spend the rest of their lives with like, Bingley falls asleep on top of her every time they fuck. <laughs> like, that's like, that's that's her life now that's the whole thing but she's okay with it she's really i'm the nice. number one guy in this group <laughs> <laughs> number number one he's he's not the number one guy in any group. No, yeah. he's not yeah although at least he's like i don't know there's something agreeable about him right which is like why elizabeth doesn't hate him because he dances with everybody at that early ball where darcy is like i hate everything the food is dumb that woman is awful like yeah Right. He's like surprisingly he gets a lot of credit for being like nicer than you'd think. Yes. Cause he's like, yeah. you know, have you ever seen one of those guys who's like caught and you're like, oh, he's actually like not like he's Awful. not that mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh wow. Yeah, that that as you you know, that's um that's a pretty low bar. Yeah. I think we also like that Darcy's willing to be like, I mean, you're kind of a bitch, but I'd really like to marry you. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, and also it's kind of it's, it's also kind of into her, I think, because specifically because of that. Yeah, like, and she's like, you know, a like man. He, yeah, exactly. Um, right. Well, and also, I, like, I, I guess, like, that's so, in so, my wedding vows. It says you're kind of a bitch, but I'd still like to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but this is this is why you like this novel. Yeah, turns yeah. out. But right, like like Darcy and like Darcy and Elizabeth are like they they are they they share some commonalities with Mister Bennett in that both of them are like acutely aware of like the absurdities in like in, in like in class positions and sociality. But they all but like Mister Bennett's response is like fuck it, I'm going to read the newspaper yeah. in this room, and that's it. Whereas like Darcy is still like I mean he he doesn't like having to like engage with idiots, but but he'll do it and like he'll like you know he's definitely going to get shit done and take care of. Situation like I don't like Darcy would not have let his like five daughters be completely like you know on their fucked own, and over, not, not, yeah, yeah, fucked over. Um, and Elizabeth the same way, like I mean, she you know, she she is um, she's bothered by bullshit, but you know, she'll put up with it to get you know, to get done what needs to get done, and also like not to hurt other people's feelings. It's not actually right. that she's like a sadist or wants it's just that, like, yeah, like Lydia is a fucking fool, 
Exactly. And, and I kind of think like, like Mr. Mr. Bennett is kind of a little bit of a say, I mean, like he really likes fucking. Yeah, with his yeah, wife. He is. Um, and I mean, we, is. we laugh because she is so annoying, but it's kind of like, it's not really cool. It's either. a victimless crime. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get it. Yeah. But here's the other thing to like that. It's not just that like he sits in his study reading because he says specifically like, I love writing letters to Collins because he is so fucking stupid. (laughs) I would never stop writing letters to him because this is the dumbest shit in the world. He is like absolutely the kind of a guy who like goes on like, am I the asshole subreddit and like reads for the stupidest people. He's like addicted to it. Like I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups that are full of dipshits like specifically so that I can look at what they're doing. And most of it is like getting like really bad foot infections because they're trying to like use like fucking like silver extract. (laughs) and it's like that impulse he's like i would never he's like i would i i love to like i love to find the stupidest person in the room to talk to at a party because it's like funny as fuck and i like when my dumb daughter is playing piano i love to like like look at my look at my smart daughter and like laugh for yeah 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 um so before we get to our buzzfeed quiz who of the old people do we hate the most Oh, I mean, Lady Catherine, right? Like she's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like. I feel like Miss Bennett's easy. It's it's too easy, um, maybe. But but Lady Cat, she just she just like is like the the epitome of like aristocratic. Like I'm too good for everyone. Like completely unearned. It's like yeah. yeah it's like I like five centuries of inbreeding have given me the privilege of saying that I'm better than you. Well, and <laughs> like I love the way Austin writes her. Like to yeah. Austin's enormous credit, she says like, uh, Lady. To Borg says to Elizabeth, Miss Bennett, do you know who I am? I have not been accustomed to such language as this. I am almost the nearest relation he has, meaning Darcy, in the world, and am entitled to know all his dearest concerns. Elizabeth says, but you are not entitled to know mine, nor will such behavior as this ever induce me to be explicit. Uh, and uh, Countess royalty von fuckface says let me be <laughs> rightly understood this match to which you have the presumption to aspire can never take place no never mr darcy is engaged to my daughter now what have you to say and it's just like she's played by like a um like a like a six-year-old with pillows stuffed in her dress <laughs> <laughs> you know like in a gigantic yeah, yeah. wig <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's like a little kid playing fancy yeah, exactly. bitch. Yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely, she is. And if I saw a movie version of this with the little kid playing that character, I'd be like, "Oh, they fucking nailed it." Yeah, it's totally dead on. Yeah. Um. So, Katie, you have a- another BuzzFeed quiz for us, I think. I do have another BuzzFeed quiz for you. I'm excited. It, I, I came out quite well. I know. I'm, I'm trepidatious yet again, but we'll see. Also, there are worse you characters did. to have been than Mina. So, Are you physically ready and mentally prepared? We, we are. As best we can be, I would suggest. Okay. So you are now going to receive a BuzzFeed quiz. Yay. And, and, you, may, and, you, and, and you may not like it, but... <laughs> But it's what we're but, getting. But you're going to have to abide by it. Okay. So, okay. If we're all prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, question number one. Imagine that Jane Austen is 
sex in the city. Uh-oh. And so every every concept she traffics in is one of the characters. Okay. Mm. And so like I think we need to, to, to is everyone familiar with the sex in the city archetypes? I, I actually am. I I hate that show, but I've seen three episodes, so I can say that I hate it with good authority. Okay. And also I know that one so of them we, went to Smith and she uses this in an episode as though that is like a uh like going to a women's college makes you sexually repressed, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to do so like every so if you're like a Carrie, you say a lot of dumbass platitudes and you have big hair. Mm-hmm. Um if you're a Samantha, you like dick. If you're a um if you're a Charlotte, you like um you don't like dick. Wasp, you don't like dick. And if you're like a if you're the other if you're a Miranda, you've red hair and you have a job. And you run for mm-hmm. governor. Right, yeah. And you run sure. And you run for and you have great politics, you run for governor. Okay. So so we're so this is the same thing. Okay. So so like we're all Jane Austen stuff, right? <laughs> so just follow me. Just follow me to the end. Okay. So are you A sense B sensibility D pride or C which comes before D prejudice? Sense, which sensibility, pride or prejudice. Which one are you? sense uh, um okay. yeah i'm I, i'm look i've been 80 years old my whole life i'm 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 prejudiced i i see yeah i i see i, I see an asshole and i i, don't. I feel like the nice way of saying that you could also say you were a sensibility though oh okay i'm gonna change my answer to say that. <laughs> right because you <laughs> uh, you could be you know having a sensibility is also being discerning that's true. That's true. So you're and, and looking I, 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 I reevaluate too, you know. So sensibility. There we go. Sensibility. I love it. Okay, terrific. Okay. So similar question. Um, so again, imagine that Jane Austen is Sex in the City. Yes. Are you a a Carrie? B a Charlotte. C a Miranda. Or D, a Samantha? I feel like I, even though I would like pick Cynthia Nixon for political reasons, am somebody who moves to Brooklyn and has a job in the show. Yeah. So job haver. I think I have to Miranda this one. Yeah. I like, okay. So like Carrie wants to be Elizabeth, but she's actually more like Mary, I think. Oh, right? <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I want to, but I, I, I want to be like, I, I, but yeah, I, I would have a job too. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's why I'm so yeah, Miranda, we're both Miranda. Okay. You're both Miranda. Very good. I like it. Um, okay. So, um, this is a spicy one. <laughs> Who would you rather fuck? And listen closely to your options here. A, your cousin. <laughs> B, your cousin. <laughs> C, your cousin. <laughs> or D, your cousin. <laughs> D, your my cousin. cousin. 
Interesting. How how hot is this cousin? <laughs> no, I don't know if it matters. Uh, I, I, D, why not? D, oh, okay. Oh, that okay. cousin. Great. Oh, that co- Oh, okay. Okay. Now this one is going to be a tough one. Fuck, Mary, kill. Oh, no. Cousin, cousin, <laughs> or cousin. Uh, I, okay. Um, well, don't have a lot to go on there, so I'm going to go with. You have everything to go okay, on. Okay, I fuck first cousin, marry second cousin, <laughs> <laughs> kill third yeah, cousin. Yeah, I really like Wait, yeah. Justin's equation there. If all of them, if kill can just be Collins. And just slide him into that cousin position. I'm extra into killing him. We're about to get Okay, to cool. That. Okay. <laughs> so we'll do another fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Wickham. Collins. Old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that went way off the rails there. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, Mary old bitch for all that money. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck mm, Wickham because he's hot and kill Collins. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I just, I, I want to be creative and come up with a different thing, but I just, that, I think that's it. That's the order. That's the option. I mean, the idea of having to be in the same room with Collins for more than 35 seconds makes me want to hang myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he just, he, he has, he has to be killed. There's right, no other exactly. option. Exactly. And you him. can't fuck anybody but Wickham. Like, this is just like yeah. a worst case scenario arrangement. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is a worst case scenario arrangement. Yeah. Okay. We're getting we're getting close, guys. Um Okay. Describe your attitude toward furniture. A big furniture energy. <laughs> B Mr. Too Damn Furniture. C I can't wait till you die. So I get all your furniture <laughs> or D Ikea. Oh, uh, Mr. Too Damn Furniture. I like it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like, I, I like old furniture. So like I, if I had like some super fancy aristocrat relative, I would totally be like, yeah, I can't wait till you die. So I get this shit. So that's me. I dig it. I b- bold to admit you're a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, look is it is it is it ad betting? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's your last question. If you were a rom com, yeah. a Meg Ryan rom com, which one would you be? A. When Harry met Sally. B. You've got mail. C, Sleepless in Seattle, or D, City of Angels? Oh, no question. It has to be When Harry Met Sally because Carrie Fisher is in that movie. Oh, that, yeah, right, right. And it's also, it also, uh, it, it has the famous cat scene, which, which everyone remembered that, you know, the, the, the orgasm scene, right. that scene that everyone remembers. But I, I, that, that, the pastrami sandwiches that place are delightful um so yeah <laughs> so, so i'll uh i'll, I'll uh 
Although, you know what, like, part of me is like, because I, because I remember America Online, and I remember, like, <laughs> yeah. Mail. like I, yeah. I, you know, like, I, I I'm going to go with that. Why not? You got mail. Okay. That one actually wasn't part of the quiz. I just was curious. <laughs> okay. Damn. okay. All right. But, but are you ready to find out which, um, which yes pride and prejudice i just literally had to look at the book cover because i forgot what the title was <laughs> yeah. uh i've been ready calling to find it bride and prejudice all week and i don't know why i just think of like brides and bread have been appealing to me oh okay well. I, I like it i'm into it i'm gonna put it in the algorithm charts graphs <laughs> robot zero zero one zero 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 one beep boop 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 lines data data <laughs> data more calculation data, data calculations calculations okay you ready for your results i hope so yeah you're both fucking elizabeth because that's the only (laughs) goddamn option you weren't gonna fucking be anybody else jesus christ (laughs) oh thank you so much thank you that's got your the your the algorithm you wrote is very nice. It is. I was just I had this moment of like again like Mina. It could have been worse. That's a Jane, you know. But I was like, if you make me fucking kitty, I, ooh, girl, like that, you know, racist YouTube bullshit. No, I'm yeah, I'm fucking scared of Kitty. Kitty yeah. Kitty's like fucking alt right. There's no question about it. <laughs> For sure, she is the person who's just like. You know, if she saw me walking down the street, she'd be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think if I hit her with my car, I could probably sue her. Oh, I know. Ab- absolutely. No doubt. Absolutely. Like, terrifying. No fucking doubt. Terrifying. Cool. Okay. This was fun. It was. I like your BuzzFeed quizzes. And um, obviously, I'm sticking by my fuck, Mary kill categories. <laughs> Cousin. Cousin. Also, <laughs> Cousin. kill lady played by a six-year-old. With two pillows in her dress. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. This has been Better Great. Red Than Dead. As ever, you can find Tristan on Twitter at TJ Schweiger. You can find Katie on Twitter at Katie Crywo. You can find me on Twitter at Tusslersaurus. You can find the show on Twitter at Better Red Pod, R-E-A-D. And email us at betterredpodcast at gmail.com. But only if you can tell us who should play Mr. Darcy, the bad boy, in the new movie where all the other men will be played by man-sized sacks of wet flour. Uh, (laughs) On the next episode, we are talking about 1984, so um, more shouty politics there. We have Robinson Crusoe to follow that. Um, We got lots of cool stuff on the docket. The Lonely Island. The Lonely Island. We got In Cold Mm -hmm. Blood coming up. We got some cool shit. Our theme song is Love Bronstein by the Redskins, and our logo was created by Jane Bonsack and JB Design and Content. So yeah, thanks so much.